Hello, and welcome back to the Man I Love Film Pod. I'm your co-host, Issa. And I'm Chill. And it's Oscars month. It was already Oscars month last week, but it's... Now we're in it. It's February. Damn. Award seasons. Wrapping up. I'm sorry. I'm like, honestly... (laughs) I was telling Isabel before this, I left my bed to get food, and then I came back to my bed. I've been in a bed rotting cycle um, because my social anxiety is up to nine over things that may or may not exist. And then when my social anxiety gets up to nine, I'm like, you know what will alleviate this? Asking a magic eight ball. But then, (laughs) because then I'm like, this is out of my control. Whatever the ball tells me is the truth. And the magic punch. It. Yeah. Sometimes you roll it and it's not the truth you wanted. And so then you're more anxious because <laughs> you'll roll it and be like, do they hate me? And then the magic eight ball is like, my sources say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've been battling my mind. So anyway, but Oscars. Have you seen any move new movies this past week? Um, I have been seeing some movies. Low, low key. Let's see. What have I watched? Um, I watched. I can't remember if I mentioned it last time. Oh yeah, I did. The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mentioned that last time. I've, I've been off my movie game. I've only seen like three movies this week. Um, like how awesome movie games. It's like three movies in a week. You're like, I'm off my movie game. I've only been watching three movies, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No snack. Um, so I watched the movie that we're covering today. I watched Past Lives in theaters because the Regal Cinemas is doing like $5 Oscar, like the best picture movies. And so what a steal. What a steal. So me and all the other unemployed people at like midday are there um i watched the movie prisoners it's with um hugh jackman and jake gyllenhaal or like the two main guys jake gyllenhaal is like this investigator and um hugh jackman is like the dad of like some kids that are missing and it's mainly them two kind of going back and forth uh, trying to figure out if Paul Dano was an evil bad guy, and what movie it kind of has again? prisoners. So Paul Dano strikes again as a weirdo, um, with the long haircut and glasses. Very, very rid. <laughs> what what is he that he plays? He plays the Riddler. Yeah, <laughs> he starts singing like a Batman song in it, and I was like, I know he was laughing to himself when he got cast. But yeah, there it was. It was pretty interesting. They have a lot of twists in it, and then I saw the movie Good Time with Robert Pattinson. It's like the Safdie brothers movie, and I'd never seen it. It was just on Netflix, and um, I mean, it was all right. It was it was kind of weird. Every time I see Robert Pattinson, I think that like in my head, I've seen him so much in Twilight. That when he actually has like a different accent or haircut or like literally anything different, my mind is like, this is not Rob. <laughs> like, I'm like, this isn't you. 
<laughs> it just Mookie, seems Mookie, please. So yeah, I have I've been kind of off my movie game. But what what movies have you seen? I mentioned last week that I saw Anatomy of a Fall, right? Yeah. How did you I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I'm like, is this how the French court system works? Because that's crazy. Like, I don't think that we'll get to it this month, probably. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to spoilers, Um, maybe jump ahead a minute. But there is like, like they, what am I thinking? There's just this part that was like wild. Oh, so so she I mean, maybe they do this in the United States. I don't know. I've never been involved in a crime. Um, so but like basically they record like her account of what happened. She this woman has been accused of okay, not accused, suspected of murdering her husband. He like fell, but they're like, maybe he didn't fall. No one is like, she did it, but you know, they they just want to find out if she did because it's a possibility um and so they have to like record her account of things and her son's account of things and then they go up to the basement where he fell from and they make them reenact it like they make the family of this man who died reenact their accounts of what happened like a play like a script and i'm like this is crazy do they actually have people doing this that the trauma that like like let's say even if she did it the trauma that this would inflict on this already traumatized little boy and they get like upset at him because at one point um he like he's blind right so he uses like different textured tapes to like tell where he is around the house and he was really positive that he was in like one area but then when they were running through everything you know take five or something like he was touching a different tape and he was like oh shoot like I messed up and he goes to tell them in there he's like oh like I got mixed up like you know I thought I was here but I was there and they're coming for him low-key they're like you were so confident that like you were in this one place now you're not confident anymore are you just trying to hide it because your mom you think that your mom did it and you're just trying to cover for your mom i was like can we they don't come on that strong but it's not like it is hardly an exaggeration so it was crazy um and like oh i i really liked it i really liked it i just realized i have been confusing zone of interest and anatomy of a fall and i was like i I was like that's not what i thought that movie was about I think that the main actress is in both of them, so maybe that's why you're confusing them. Oh, really? I think I, I also got them confused. I, but yeah. I was like, hmm. Um, I was like, is this or it was not? You're like, when's she going to get to the actual plot? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I started Maestro, got maybe like 20 minutes in, um, I just started doing something else, not because it was bad or anything, but I just was, I think I had already watched part of past lives that day or something. And I was like, I'm moving it out right now. Like, (laughs) sorry, Maestro, you're going to have to wait. And I also watched like the first 20 minutes of Asteroid City also decided to put that on pause. Those are not logged in, but really quick. I have kept bringing up that I saw Mean Girls 
and I haven't been able to talk about talked it. About it, yeah. Bad. Oh, um, not surprised, you know. But like the musical, again, not the greatest musical of all time. Yeah. Um, it's clearly it exists to make money, and that is the only reason it exists. But like you know, at least there were there's some fun moments, you know. I enjoyed myself when I saw the tour. Um, and like a lot of the songs have this like pop punk energy. Like all the songs are very energetic. The movie, number one, I don't blame the movie, um, for not being advertised very hard as a musical because they couldn't seem to decide <laughs> whether it was going to be a musical when they were filming it. Whoa. Um, be- that's not like on record. That's just something I was picking up in the thing because they will also not only did they completely water down the songs but they also um cut them down and take out people's parts so you are left with like a picked at skeleton of what this musical once was and there's good performances in it like renee rap um i think his name is jaquel spivy don't call me up um and ali they were all really good Everyone else wasn't like bad, mostly. Yeah, it's just, I'm just like, why did we need this? We didn't need this. And like, if you, the only reason that we would need this is if you were going to make a musical, but it's like, you didn't even want to make a musical. You were like, oh, I guess the only excuse we have to make a Mean Girls remake is this musical that exists. So let's throw in some music. Hmm. Oh, that was my movie recap. For... I was just thinking about that, like you said, being movied out. And like, Loki, I've been feeling kind of movied out, which is... But I also... <laughs> I started re-watching Queen's Gambit. And it's all downhill from here. <laughs> um... Like every time I feel like a little unnerved, I'm like, let me watch something to ease the pain. Queen's Gambit. Um, I love Queen's Gambit. They're making a musical. Oh, it's being. Um, I think the music's being written by Mitski. Oh, go off. Oh no! No, it's over for mentally ill young women. Okay, I thought you meant on like a this will be bad way. No, no, we're cooked. Mentally ill young women everywhere are cooked. Oh, they got Florence Welsh writing that Gatsby musical. They got Mitski on Queen's Gambit. We're done. And I couldn't be more excited for the end. There's some people who just want to watch the world burn. Anyways. This week, did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, I'll save it to the end. Okay. We're just kind of chatting. All right. This week, we watched Past Lives. I believe it is nominated for Best Picture, among other things. Not Best Director, unfortunately. We will get to that. 
Um, but yeah, would you like to read the letterbox summary? Yeah. So Past Lives came out this past year. Nora and Haesung, two childhood friends, are reunited in New York for one fateful week as they confront notions of destiny, love, and choices that make a life. I don't... You've never seen the After series, right? Um, I have seen like most before of Sunrise. Before Sunrise, and that's it. I just realized I called it the After series, and some people are going to be like, that Harry Styles fan <laughs> no no not that sorry the before sunrise imagine you're like you know what this movie reminds me of that I'm harry styles fan fiction adaptation <laughs> that just will not die no uh <laughs> before sunrise um so like those movies are a lot of like them talking the couple and they meet at like three the, the movies occur in like three different phases of their lives and i don't know like maybe just me kind of similar of like i feel like in this movie we see them as children and then kind of early 20s and then 30s um and then the before sunrise series is like teens the like 30s and then maybe closer to 40s 50s so but i think it's a really great way to kind of show the progression and um in this movie kind of like how nora and Sung meet at those points in their lives and then like talk about their relationship with each other but also kind of like the past at each point I also, I wrote that it reminded me of the movie. I just wrote that it reminded me of Before Sunrise because I haven't seen the other ones. Um, but it was interesting because I was like, they just feel very similar because like not just the different stages in life thing, but also like, you know, just like two people walking around, talking, having like, in my opinion, realistic dialogue. Maybe there's some points where it's like a little melodramatic, but like, you know, for the most part, like, cute realistic dialogue um and okay well maybe cute is not the right word but heartbreaking soul-wrenching dialogue um yeah it just reminded me of before sunrise and i was when i was scrolling through letterboxd reviews to pick like the ones that me and you think are like funny or that we resonate with i saw someone absolutely shitting on this movie which is your prerogative but yeah. it was interesting because I went to click their profile to see like what their vibe usually is. They had Before Sunrise in their top four movies. So I thought it was really interesting that they drew no similarities between the two. Because you could argue that in Before Sunrise, um, young 20-somethings don't talk like that. So, yeah. um, and their complaints were that um past lives was too cynical too dramatic too like cliche and i was like before sunrise is all of those things not even like a bad way but like yeah i was interested i think i also took their profile to see if they were asian (laughs) because like that's really interesting i think maybe you just don't get it i think like I think the reason I like them both, like both of those, is because 
in my opinion, it's kind of the two ways things can pan out. Like, like the before series, like, I'm gonna give a spoiler. So the first one, they meet, they're young, or they're not even their teens, they're like early 20s or something like that. They meet their young, and they agree to meet at the end of the movie again. That like same day. And that, do you mind if I spoil this? No. Okay, the next one, they meet by accident later in their 20s, maybe closer to 30s. I think 30s probably, closer to that age. And they meet because he's on a book tour because he wrote the book of their love story from the first time. And she sees him and she's like, all right, you told everyone. And she's like, I believe he or she are married already. And they're like talking about it and they're like, oh my God, did you show up? And she couldn't hurt. I think her, someone got sick and she felt really bad about it. But he did show up the year later oh. at the, like where, yeah. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like I was sick and he like did show up. And um, a lot more of these conversations and stuff. And at the end, they choose to leave their partners, whoever, whichever one has a partner. No, I believe I believe he has a wife and son. And he chooses to stay with her. Like, and then the third movie, they have other kids, and he's working with her because um his son is getting older and he's like, I want to be with my son in America. And she's like, We're ra- like our kids are here. Like we've raised our kids here. And he's like, I know, but like I really want to make this work with my son like I have a commitment to him and so kind of like the discussions they're having now that they are married and they've been together a while and the ups and downs of that relationship I would say that one's the rockiest one um just as a viewer just because it's like I'm in the marital conflict too right now as the viewer um but like they choose at each point to like stay together you know like in those movies and like I feel like past lives brings up that notion of like you can choose to like like Nora could have chosen to like give up on her marriage go back with her song like she could have but she chooses not to you know what I'm saying and that's like a lot of the dialogue is that is like the reality is like for a lot of people you're not just gonna give up on your husband or wife or like your partner because your your 13 year old crush comes up and it's like no but like low-key yeah i was expecting like much more i don't know how to like describe it like this one is very like heartbreaking but like everything is very subtle I think like I guess I was kind of expecting maybe not quite to this level but like a marriage story because like everyone was talking about okay granted I don't cry at movies very often um which is ironic because I am historically a crybaby but yeah media takes a lot for me to like cry to but um everyone talked about this movie and they were like this is the saddest thing you will ever watch and so I was expecting to be like absolutely shredded into pieces and like there were some tears I don't know if I would say I was shredded 
No, I feel that. I feel like people were hyping it up as like, you're gonna sob. But for me, it just felt so bittersweet watching it. Like, it was just like a conversation. I was like, watching it and it's sad. But I was like, yeah. Like, the decisions they made, I was just like, yeah. Like, that's just... And maybe maybe that's why, because, like, I wasn't going into this being like, oh, my God, they, like, belong together. Like, rah, 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 rah. like for me, I was like, no, this makes sense in reality. Like, like it's just... That was, just... yeah. <laughs> I think that was my point, was that, like, sorry if I sound weird, guys. I am sick. Um, But I think that was my point, was that I had gone into it expecting the clear preference to be Haesung. Mm-hmm. Um, which for some people it was but um, the way that people like built hype around this movie I expected it to be less you know divisive um, and I don't know I liked the husband I liked them both but like um, let me let me see okay yeah I was just looking at the letterbox again but just to give like more detail basically um, Nora's born in Korea and she lives there till she's 12, and then her family immigrates to Canada, and she has to leave behind this childhood friend who they, like, both really liked each other. And then 12 years later, when she's 24, she finds out that he's looking for her on Facebook, um, and she's just, like, living life. She's a writer now in New York, so now she's immigrated again um, to the United States, and they connect, and they're talking a lot over, like, Skype and stuff for a long time. And then she has to make the decision to be like, I think we should stop because like, we're both young. We both want different things in different places. And I can like feel myself considering basically giving up my dreams to be with you and go back to Korea. Um, So we have to stop and they stop. And then 12 years later again, he visits her. And so I think that it's just like, you're more torn between which love interest you like more. I, I don't even feel completely like comfortable saying love interest because it doesn't even feel like like she's really choosing between two people. Like Haesung is in love with a completely different person than she is at, what, 36? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people approach this as like a will they, won't they? And I don't think I ever saw it as that. I think I saw it as two people talking through the past and like really settling that like like really getting that closure of it like I I don't think I ever saw this as a will they won't they because in my head like she's with her husband like anytime he talks about him her husband is there on his PS5 she comes home to her man and they talk it's... about it and like you know what he's way better than me He's way better than me. Um, Because I would have been ill. (laughs) He was ill. He looked ill. No, he was ill, but he was still better than I would have been. Because, like, she's coming home and having these conversations with her husband, and it's very clear they have a very open, trusting, like, not open, but, like, a trusting relationship Um, for her to, like, just have these conversations with him. And he's there supporting her every step of the way. And, um, to kind of get this closure it seems like at least on her side and i think on his side after the first time they hang out they kind of they kind of like 
she starts pushing him to be like, no, this is a closure thing. This is not a, like, maybe, like, it's very much not, like, I think at some points he does, like, prod at it, and she kind of swiftly wraps, like, it's like a needle pulling the thread, like, very much wrapping it up. Yeah, because I think it's valid for him to worry about that kind of thing, because um, he can clearly see that, like, basically... She doesn't really speak Korean that much anymore, besides with her mom. And even her mom still calls her Nora, which is the name that she gave herself when she came to the United States. Um, and she doesn't really, like, think much of this herself. But the husband is learning Korean so that he can understand her dreams. It's really interesting how I think that bilingualism is used in this movie, because... Nora obviously speaks Korean with her mother and in her early 20s starts learning more to speak with Haesung like writing and like reading it better and like we see her get better at it because of how much she's talking to him um but then like with her husband like there there's this really this like really good scene where they're in bed together and before this when they were in bed together he starts speaking to her in korean and she always replies to him in english um and then later on he's like you know you dream in korean like and she was like what (laughs) like yeah you like it's like you you dream in a language i don't understand and it's like he doesn't have access like he doesn't he can't connect with her in like it seems like fully because he can't understand all of who she is or like who she becomes when she speaks Korean. And it's happening when she's meeting with Haesung and they speak only in Korean together. And <laughs> and then she invites her husband to dinner and like hanging out with Haesung and he doesn't really speak English. And her husband doesn't really speak Korean. And it's like they represent the two halves of who Nora is. Because neither one can really fully understand what the other half of Nora is, in a way. Like, Haesung understands who she is as, like, her Korean identity, but then her husband understands her, like, newer American, like, not newer, but, like, her American identity, like, the bicultural element. And it's just very interesting. Like, the end of the movie, it's basically her husband kind of just sitting awkwardly and her and Haesung talking. The opening? Evil. Evil. (laughs) The opening of the movie is one of the, is like a cut from one of the last scenes of the movie where they're at dinner together and you hear like other people's perspectives of who they think these three people are to each other. So it's that she's dating Haesung and that her husband is a tour guide or something or like that her husband, like maybe they're siblings or like there's like and and then she just like looks at the camera and I was like, what is going on? Like my soul is being stared through right now. Yeah. But yeah, I just I thought it was really beautiful how he's like explaining that he's trying to learn Korean for her and that, you know, she dreams in Korean and all of these things. Cause like it that happens kind of like in the middle of like not an argument but them just like talking their feelings out and like him explaining his insecurities in like a very healthy way 
And that conversation happens before you get, like, before he even meets Haesung. Because, like, when he meets Haesung, then you really see it in practice, how, like, she can only share this certain part of herself with Haesung and not with her husband. Um, I just love that they have their own moment before the husband and Haesung even meet. Because it's so clear that he understands without even really having to be show because he's been learning Korean for like a while before Haesung ever even thought about you know coming to New York before or at least before he knew that he was coming to New York so it's clear that he has always understood that there is this like part of her that he just will simply never understand but he's trying his best and it's just so like I just cannot not like the husband he is so much better than me. I'm sorry. So I just got to get into this because so he asks her and he's like, so when's he coming? And she's like, oh, next week. And he's like, why is he coming? And she's like, he said it's for vacation. And we don't see this explicitly, but it seems like he was like, I think he's coming to visit you. Like, I think he's coming here. For Everyone you. knows it except the both of them. Yeah, like even Haesung's friends are like, you're not going to go visit her, are you? And he's like, no, I'm not crazy. She's been married for seven years. And all of his friends at the table, immediately awkward. Like immediately, like they were like, oh. I'm sorry, I would stop this man. If I were friends with this man, I'd be like, you gotta get over it, man. This like comes right off of his yeah like it comes right off of his breakup from his girlfriend and i was like (laughs) so like even after their first time hanging out like they go and they talk and i think she kind of ends the conversation at some point being like he was like oh my gosh we were such kids like you know we were kids when we met and then he goes yeah we were even kids when we like talked like 12 years ago in our 20s and she's like we're not kids anymore and kind of shutting him down and she goes home and she tells her husband she was like yeah I think he came here to me to visit me and they have like this pretty open conversation but like at one point he was like because she's like talking about his son and she's like I don't know there's just something so Korean about him and like he's masculine and like she's kind of doing like this monologue about him and he's like is he attractive <laughs> and I can't even blame him. He's he's better than me. <laughs> then she sits there and she hesitates. She hesitates. And she's like, Yeah, but like not not to me. Like, like she's like, I would never. I would never. I just he's so much better than me. Cause then he sits at that table and they're having a full long conversation at dinner without him like she is like her full body is her back towards him like she tries at first to like include him in the conversation but it's just like not practical for her to translate everything and at one point they start talking about him in front of him in korean and then they the camera angle just zooms in and he is no longer even in the visual scene that we see like you forget that he's there, Loki. Yeah. 
until like they have this full conversation about who they are to each other, their relationships, their past lives and everything. And um and then he comes back to pay the bill. So he's so much better he than me. In Korean, he's like, I didn't expect it to be what does he say? Like so difficult liking your husband. Yeah, he was like, I really didn't think it was gonna be this hard to like your husband. Because he genuinely likes him. He's like, no, it's a he seems like a really good guy. Like he really does try and all these things. And he was like, I rather would have hated him. It would have made things so much easier. But yeah, and then there's like this huge, like a big concept of Inyun in the movie, mm-hmm. which is this like Korean idea where like you know, maybe in a past life, two people brushed hands when they were walking past each other and that connects them to the next life. So you're kind of set up to frame every 12-year increment as like kind of like a different life. So like even when they reconnect in their 20s, like this is like a completely different life than the life that both of them lived when they were together in Korea and, you know, overall, you realize that, like, obviously, as adults in completely different places um, and just, like, with completely new experiences now, obviously, that is a completely different life and different people than the children that they were. But even when they meet again in, like, their 20s, they're completely different people with completely different lives and, like, ugh. Like, them meeting as children was them brushing hands against each other. Yeah, the past lives thing kind of kills me. When they were when they were talking in the restaurant and he was like, you and your husband are married. You have those, like, I think it was 8,000 layers of, like, Indian. And, like, he was like, that means something. You know what I mean? And he was like, like, me and you have any, but not to that level. And then he's, like, telling the husband, and he's, like, because we're both here, we also, in a way, have Inyan with each other because we are all, like, the three of us are connected in some way. And then he's leaving to go back home, and, like, she walks him to the cab or to the Uber, and he's, like, what if... What if this right now is a past life and we are already something different to each other? And then he leaves. And the the tension for maybe like a good minute or two, they could just stand in front of each other. They're standing next to each other. And then they slowly begin to turn to just stare at each other head on while they're waiting for this Uber. And you're like, please don't kiss. Please don't. I didn't want them to kiss. I was like, they do, do not. it multiple times though. Ugh. Like that at the point at the end of the movie, they do it. They fully turn towards each other. I think the first time they meet as like older adults, they do it in like I think they're in the subway and they're both just like holding onto the and just staring at each other. And there's just so much tension in them just staring at each other. It is <laughs> like that last scene really killed me because she goes back to her apartment and her husband's outside sitting on the stoop smoking and he opens the gate for her and she just sobs like he was in the house it's like he knew that she would need him 
and she just sobs and he just like walks her back into their apartment like you can tell because for a lot of the movie because they're with each other like she's with Haesung I feel like it can come off that like she isn't attached as attached to him as he is to her but I think that it's just that she has her husband and she has something so good and like she she says at one point that like you know you can run through all of these kind of like hurtful thought experiments of like where would I be if like xyz thing happened and she's like that's not what happened though and I feel like part of that is just like her telling that to herself and I feel like she puts on this like brave face in front of Hazelyn because she's like you know I know that I'm meant to be with my husband and so even if like he is expressing these like what ifs to me I can't I can't like admit to him that I am also thinking those things because like then everything will just like fall downhill from there if we give in to this like harmful damaging thinking that could just like completely ruin at least my life I mean maybe Hazelyn would be be fine with it but like you could just tell that she's been holding in so much the entire time that he's been there yeah because it's not even just her husband but Sung also does what ifs like her husband doesn't like he's sitting there and they're like in bed together and like he's like what if it was someone else who met you at this writer's retreat and like what if all these things and she's like the past does not matter in a way which is very interesting for a movie focused kind of like on past lives but they are the past lives but like yeah she's like it do- it doesn't matter like i'm here now this is the life i want to enjoy with you like i choose this and then also Sung being like what if we were like in a past life what if we were like a princess and like a guard or like something like that and she's like haha but we're not like like let me make that clear yeah (laughs) kind of like on both ends being like this is the life i choose in this current like we're not you know like these these are our lives now yeah it also kind of reminded me of la la land too um in the sense that like i think that it's interesting how they talk about her leaving because he at one point, Hazelung is like, you know, you're someone who leaves. Um, but with your husband, you're someone who stays. And this notion of like her leaving by choice, she didn't really have a choice. It's like she you could see that when she's a kid, she tries to cope with it by just being like, I can't win a Nobel Peace Prize in Korea. So I'm gonna go to Canada. Um yeah but it's like you don't have a choice you're 12 and they continue to kind of like frame it as like her own personal choice obviously I'm sure they know that it's not literal but it's just interesting how they word it that way I guess she chooses not to go back when she does eventually have the means to go back if she wanted to but yeah I thought that was interesting but yeah it's like it it also gives me um what is it everything everywhere all at once vibes like both both that movie and la la land do this thing where they're like you know like what if xyz thing happened like sure maybe you might be 
more successful you might be an opera singer you might be like a movie actress or something like that um but you also might be sure in like a happy marriage still but like maybe you wouldn't have become a writer and like achieved all of these things like she her dreams are changing too as she's getting older and so you know even to say that like oh being with Sung would have meant giving up on her dreams she's kind of like modifying her dreams as she goes but like it just would have been like completely different like she wouldn't have probably anywhere near the life that she expected like she's just changing her mind about what awards she wants to win but for the most part she's like achieved her dreams and like it wouldn't have been impossible to do that maybe with Sung, but it's clear to her that like it would have been much more difficult I also think that like there's an element of that pressure of being like the child of immigrants like even that conversation she has with her husband and he's like would you imagine your life this way like with me and she's like are you saying that you are like the american dream of my family like my it was like when i was 12 12 yeah and kind of like even when she's like kind of has to break it off with Sung, being like recognizing what her parents did to move not only to canada but then I imagine what she also sacrificed to move to the U.S. after that kind of like I like I as an individual have given so much to get to her dreams that like I think sometimes there's an expectation or like a heavy burden of that feeling of like being the child of immigrants and like making your dreams happen um, which I think also kind of weighs it seems to weigh on her. Yeah, I think that um, the director, Celine Song, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't look up anything about her personal life, but this is her first feature film. And I do think that, you know, I'm sure she, because like, especially with your first project, you know, they always say like, write what you know. You know, so I'm sure that she's incorporated maybe some of her own, like, if not direct, like personal experiences, just like own, here, let me look up. A little bit about her real quick Celine okay yeah so she's South Korean Canadian so she definitely <laughs> incorporated some of then her she own moved experiences to New York. Oh, okay so this is pretty like for her MFA yeah and you know I think this kind of ties a little back to like how you're we talking in our American fiction episode about how like because I saw people complaining like in the um, letterbox reviews about how this movie kind of like gives into cliches of like oh like like someone didn't like that she said you know I have friends and they're Korean but they're Korean American and like Sung is Korean Korean and I just thought it was really weird that people were complaining about cliches like that because like that is some people's truth and they were accusing her of like catering to white people and it's just like, I mean, number one, this did not feel tropey to me. Again, I am an Asian American who was born in America. So like, obviously I'm going to have a certain, um, what is it, perspective. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think it's strange to invalidate someone's experiences and thoughts just because they're cliche to you. 
And like, I don't know, it just hits home a little because I can't think of like a specific example, but it just like, I don't know the ethnicity of the person who wrote that review, but I just see it a lot where like, you know, I'm half Asian. So there's always this like, not competition, but a lot of people always seem to be like, oh, well, you're like half Asian people aren't fully Asian. We're more Asian. Like you're doing X, Y, Z to please this person. And it's like, I'm just existing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's really, yeah, this is like becoming incoherent, but it's like the thing where like people make fun of like half Asians, for example, for being like writing like poems and college essays where they're like, and I brought stinky food to school and no one liked my stinky food. And like, that's, yeah, it's like, sure, that's cliche. And like, maybe the problems that people are complaining about aren't end of the world problems. But like, I don't know, just let people speak their truth. <laughs> like, ugh, yeah. I just don't, no, I, yeah. I don't know why like everyone else is allowed to be cliche but the second that you bring like non-Western cultures into it, suddenly you're not allowed to like pull things from your own experiences. Yeah, no, I get that. I think that's like a huge thing, especially with like biculturalism. So like kind of like even like family background being from a different place or like kids of immigrants is kind of like, will will I ever be enough? to like feel like I can claim the identity that I do have um a lot of the time like I felt that also like I I am a Mexican Puerto Rican woman and I moved to Mexico last year and I got there and I was like oh no I I really am like <laughs> Mexican Puerto Rican American like it, it's just part of like what I grew up around like the culture like the values of america do influence and like i'm not winning the latino off like i'm not like you're like i don't even want to play that game right now yeah like, like i i and i think it happens a lot like especially like in some communities if you don't speak the language perfectly that's also like always like a huge thing of like you're not doing and it's like it's not my fault bro like like I didn't go to school like you know, like people will come for you for it and you're like sorry my parents didn't teach me I don't know what you wanted like two month old me to do about yeah but I agree like overall overall thoughts what do you think I guess I mean we can get into it like what um how many stars would you give this how many past lives would you give this? um I would give it four four at least maybe let me damn did I even rate it on my letterbox I don't think I did I liked I it didn't. yeah I liked it too I liked it I think I'd give it four I really like this movie though like I feel like I could rewatch it and just like stare at it <laughs> yeah the more that I thought about it the more I liked it so I would also say four I almost am teetering towards like a 3.99 just because it did feel slow at times. Um, I do think a lot of the silence is very intentional. And yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it must take a lot of 
restraint for like a first time director did she write it too um i don't know let me look it up i love us just looking things up while we're recording we're just girls we're just the other day okay yeah it, it is written to... directed by oh yeah yeah oh, okay oh it was written yeah it's written directed by celine okay perfect no i was talking to someone and i was like ranting about something freaking me out and he was like well at the end of the day you're just a girl so you know you're just so like true. a girl and i was he like no that's so right but you're like you know what i am just a girl but yeah so she both wrote and directed this um and i just feel like it must take a lot of restraint to write those silences in because i can i can imagine that like you're you're like oh i'm writing this thing it has to be filled with dialogue and like da -da 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 -da. and like i'm sure that there were a lot of like I, I don't know if stage directions is still the word that you would use but you know for all intents and purposes like stage directions between that writing but still it's like for someone to write that delicately for their first I mean, I'm sure she's written other things before that haven't come out, but like, it's just so impressive. And it yeah, was. so I, I don't want to like knock on the silence too much. Um, I, I talked about the silence in my review, um, but because <laughs> it, it's, it's like very intentional, but it was a little bit slow. I do wish that maybe there was a little more of like an emotional catharsis. Um, but I just don't think that it's that, like, type of movie. I think that it's very intentionally subtle. I agree. I think I, I actually kind of enjoyed the silence mm -hmm. because there were some moments where I was just mouth agape watching in silence. And I felt like it needed that because I wouldn't have wanted it, like, flooded with music. I didn't want those moments. Like, the moments were truly, like, I was sitting in on the conversation and I was like, ooh. Ooh. we are not kids anymore Ooh, like yeah. just like ooh. and then like yeah. the lights turn out on the carousel and that era of their childhood past lives done <laughs> like i was like damn Ugh. yeah i guess so we wanted to talk about oscar nominations but i guess we'll wrap up on this yeah i was gonna say our letterbox yeah i was gonna say i was like we should probably do our letterboxes first um so did you want to go first with the reviews that you found sure um so past lives uh this one's by jay who gave it four stars and liked it found a version without subtitles to get the full arthur experience <laughs> arthur is the name of the husband and i was just humored by that one <laughs> yeah me too um this one is by gamzy Yo Maskin. So sorry about that. Five stars and liked it. What if this is a past life as well and we are already something else to each other in our next life? I'm sobbing. I it took everything in my soul to not make that my review for this movie because I was at the end of the movie standing there, eyes and mouth agape, tears welling in my eyes, not sobbing, but just like a silent pain a little, a little cry from my soul when he said that and then he got in the like yeah runs down your the cab. yeah 
Um, Elvis the Alien, five stars and liked it. Sometimes the hardest thing in life is accepting the things we can't control. Beautiful movie. And I was like, I love control. Um, Sally Dar, five stars. If any men from my elementary school have been wanting to reach out, please do it before I mention <laughs> her husband from New York because even though the wedding isn't soon, it is in fact inevitable. I follow her on Letterboxd. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, that that one's hilarious to me. That... <laughs> no, because like, what was it? You know that meme where it's like, before the hurricane hits, anyone want to tell me they have a crush on me? I think we're the only people who use it in the context of a hurricane because we're from Florida. We're from Florida. <laughs> like, hurricane, what's the most recent hurricane? Well, Ian, they're like, before her and, yeah, her and, before Hurricane Ian comes, does anyone want to admit to me that they have a crush? Yeah, love that. But those are my favorite letterbox reviews. I only had two. This one's by George Carmi, who gave it four and a half stars. Um, This movie is a music video for Coldplay's The Scientist. I, first of all, specifically, I love that song in general. I love that song in Glee. I, th- I think the context of the episode, it's that episode where they're, don't laugh at me, where all of the couples are fighting with each other. I think it's You're either that episode or the episode where um, Corey Monteith dies. It's one of those episodes. I think it's the one where they all break up because I think, I think Corey Monteith. One sings in it i think he sings in it so but let me let me read you some of these lyrics not me reading Coldplay. <laughs> we'll have a reading from Coldplay today everybody please open your pull pull those little i'm not catholic pull those little things down. i don't know opengenius.com to Cold, what is it instead of like Corinthians, whatever? It's like, please open your Spotify to Coldplay the Scientist. Book the Scientist 110. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Album, <laughs> song, the Scientist. But yeah, so I'm like looking through the lyrics. Tell me your secrets and ask me your questions. Oh, let's go back to the start. Running in circles, coming up tails, heads on a science part. Um, blah, blah, blah. Questions of science, science and progress do not speak as loud as my heart. But tell me you love me, come back and haunt me. Oh, I rushed to the start. He's haunting her. This is literally a music video for this song because he's haunting her and they're running in circles and they want to go back to the start, child. They want to go back to the start, but they can't. They can't. I listened to that song like three times after watching this. Oh. Uh, anyways, other other review is by Alane, uh, who gave it five stars and liked it. Not gonna lie, if I were Arthur, I would kill myself during that bar scene. Literally, that's why I said he's better than me. He looks like he's about to. Because your your partner is sitting there talking to who you know is their first love, who flew hours to come visit them, and they're sitting there having a conversation about you don't know. 
without you back fully turned to you and you're just like eating your meal oh, but silence. clearly like they have they still clearly have like such good and honest communication because when they start talking about author she author when she when they start talking about arthur she turns to him and goes we're talking about you real that was on my letterbox do you have any more thoughts about the movie I don't think I have any more thoughts. I it just it just feels like you know when people say with a heavy heart, that's what this movie feels like to me. Real. Yeah. So Oscar nominations. We haven't had a chance to truly unpack them. What what do you do you have any thoughts? I have some. Um thoughts. I have I have some thoughts on certain categories. Okay. Some categories I feel ill-prepared to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, just because I haven't seen some of the movies in the category. I also have some suspicions. Oh. But yeah. Um. So the main thing that I was most excited to talk about with you regarding Oscar nominations was this whole barbie snub thing because my knee-jerk reaction was like why was ryan gossing nominated and like the others weren't but at the same time it's like you look at those categories where like margot robbie wasn't nominated and um why is my mind blanking greta gerwig wasn't nominated um and you're just like i mean it, it kind of it makes little sense it's like maybe in the director thing there's less or there's more potential uh debate but especially in best actress like I saw someone like made a good point where they were like you know it's not like Margot Robbie got replaced by a man in the category of best actress um and I think that it's just like I don't know I'm very like because like you look at best actors it's like lily gladstone killers of the flower moon like sandra huller anatomy of a fall emma stone poor things it's really competitive this year and mm. you know there were a lot of other snubs where people just were not making as much of like a fuss about it and those snubs were people of color i think that the word yeah. snubs also just gets thrown around like too much because like yeah, I don't know. Like, was it a snub or was it just like, oh, that sucks they didn't get in, but like somebody else. But like for me, snub was Charles Melton, who did not get yeah. nominated. Um, I don't know what he would have been, like which category he would have been. I think he would have been supporting because everyone thought that he was a shoo-in. And I thought that he was maybe like the best part of May December. Did not get nominated at all. And he was expected to win. Yeah, I think that my opinion, I think that the categories where Margot Robbie was not nominated made sense to me. But I also think it was a poor decision to nominate Ryan Gosling because it looks bad. I um, think so just too. Like straight out, it looks bad. And also, love Ryan. This is not Ryan's best performance of all time. Like, I've seen other Ryan Gosling movies. <laughs> um, 
And I think that someone like Charles Melton in May, December would have been a better choice because I think nominating Ryan and then having other people see that, like not having the match based on what the movie's made, like what the movie's plot is, it just reads poorly. <laughs> it's a bad move. It's really um, bad. Yeah. I, I mean, also think that it's yeah. very interesting to me that people are like, oh my god, Margot Webby didn't get nominated. Literally, America Ferrera was nominated for Barbie. Even that, too, actress though. actress in a supporting role. Even that, too, though, I'm just like, why, though? <laughs> like, I think she got nominated. It makes sense to me that they nominate the movie in general because of the cultural hype. I think America Ferrera's monologue in that is a big part of it. I also think America Ferreira is making more of a career win nomination in this because I think sometimes like with the Oscars, there have been moments where people get career wins rather than performance wins. Like some people are like, you know, they deserve like the career element. And I feel like America Ferreira has had a like really long career in like pretty big roles. And so I think that might be an element of it as well. It's just strange to me because, like, you know, I've said before, like, I don't think that the Barbie movie was meant to really be that preachy about feminism. And so I don't want to, like, you know, dump on it for having a very shallow feminist message because, like, I don't like I don't think that it's meant to be held on that kind of pedestal. But in the context of, like, you know, nominating things for Oscars, if that monologue that America Ferreira gives in that movie is like the thing that cemented her nomination, I'm just kind of like, is this the bar? Okay, I could not have probably like, I don't want to come on here and be like, I could write that, you know? But it's like, gonna... it's, it's just, it is very, very surface level, surface level Tumblr. And like, I think that like, Poor things, or even like Anatomy of a Fall, had much stronger um, themes and like um, just like explorations of feminism than Barbie. So I'm just like, I I also don't think that America is going to win because I think the choice there is Divine Joy Randolph for holdovers. Oh yeah, for from sure. what I've heard, like just in general, which her performance is incredible. And uh, but I, I do understand what you mean. Like, I feel like the two performances they gave in those movies are not comparable. Yeah. And um, between like America Ferrera or um, Margot Robbie, um, I think what's it? America Ferrera is not even in best actress, right? She's best supporting actress. Supporting. But like, let's say that they were in the same category or that they really only could have picked one of them. I do like that it like between the two of them, America Ferrera is the one that got. The nomination because i think they're both equally important and i'm just like like we gotta i just feel like it sets a precedent for like okay like all that we have to do to like be nominated for an oscar is right like a very surface level monologue about feminism and i just feel like the brand of barbie i loved the barbie movie it was in my top five right but it's like the whole barbenheimer thing really did a lot of the campaigning for it and I think if this had come mm -hmm. out independently of like all of that hype I still think like a ton of people would have seen it 
and like it still would have been a huge cultural phenomenon but like I don't know if it would have gotten nominated for at least as many things as it has been I think that it takes a lot of like comedy is often not given enough credit like I think it's even like harder sometimes to write a good comedy than it is to write a good drama because like I just think that you have to be like smarter about certain things when it comes to comedy but like I don't know I just I just don't know if it would be in the conversation as much if it weren't for this whole like Barbenheimer thing I just feel very conflicted about it because I feel like it sounds like I'm having like this moment where I'm like me, me, me. like I don't want to sound like all the guys being like why is Barbie there because I'm not like do not associate with me <laughs> but like do you know what I'm trying think, to say I think that sometimes when it comes to some of the commentary made surrounding the Barbie movie it tends to I become hesitant because it tends to lead toward this white feminism and I think that's where my hesitation mainly comes from with the like kind of like savage support for Barbie is that it feels very white feminist and like they're like the Oscars are horrible and like and it's like this is the first year ever that there are people of color in every category like it's just weird like, this is the first year yeah. like we are in year one and I am 24 years old and this this award has been going on for decades and I like if you want to talk about yeah if you want to talk about like a female um director being quote snubbed for a category I mean Celine Song didn't get nominated for best director and I'm just so, like, why is this like what we're pushing? <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating because like I hate to come on here and like <laughs> say all these things because I love that movie, but it's just like, I don't know. And like I even myself was like mad at first that like they didn't get nominated. But the more I sat with it, I'm just like, you know, I'm like a little peeved. But like the way that a lot of people are reacting, I'm like, where is this passion? Or like other snubs yeah definitely i feel like i had other thoughts about nominations that were not barbie related but it is just like overtaken my mind now do you have anything else if there's one person who is like single-handedly carrying the push for visual effects it's me godzilla minus one for visual effects that would make my year. What are the other nominees? The other nominees are The Creator, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, That Mission Impossible movie, and Napoleon. Interesting. Please, please, Academy, if you could, if you could hear my please. Please. What is that, that video where that woman is like, please, Trump, if you could you can hear this please save us me begging for godzilla minus one to win visual effects at the oscars oh my gosh it will make my night also this one isn't even tea but have you heard about the whole like justin trier best international film thing no what what's the okay so basically i think anatomy of a fall is a french film 
and it won like the biggest award that you could get I think at Pan but it wasn't selected like every country can only select one movie to submit for consideration for like best international film yeah and basically like um when she made some sort of speech I think for accepting that award at the Cannes Film Festival she was like critiquing on stage the French government for harming like a lot of these programs that are designed to you know help artists and help growing artists in film and they did not take kindly to that and so when it came time for them to select a movie to like submit um they did not pick hers and it's just like drama because (laughs) basically they tried to just kind of like toss her aside pretty much and anatomy of the fall still managed to get like all of these nominations and the movie that they submitted for best international film didn't even like make it the nominations so that's why it's not in international film is because it wasn't submitted by france but like it's in all of these other categories that's crazy. that's another thing i'm like can we like like let's celebrate that like i know people are mad about barbie Ugh, see that's the other thing i'm like this whole barbie thing is also taking attention away from like so many other things that we have to celebrate like play justin Trudeau. yeah no when i found out that like countries are only allowed to submit one movie kind of blew my mind because like what if you have like a killer year and there's like two really (laughs) crazy movies i also find it really interesting that like a lot of the international films that do get nominated are from europe as if that is the only international outside of the u.s is europe (laughs) like what if the movies is in english bro like yeah it's like uh interesting yeah well i do i have two movies left uh to finally have seen all of the best picture nominees zone of interest and i need to finish maestro and i at least where i'm at right now i don't think i'm gonna hate maestro as much as i expected to i don't think i'm gonna love it because it's just not my type of thing um the dialogue so far is very stiff and like stilted but like the shots are beautiful and like the, yeah. I mean, Carrie Mulligan so far is carrying, huh, carrying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's like, it's cute so far. I have problems with some of the makeup choices. So it'll be interesting to see um, if it wins. Cause a lot of people do think it's going to win best makeup. Um, which I think, might be a problem when you put a fake nose on Bradley Cooper. So yeah, I don't. That'll be. I, I, yeah. I we'll see. I guess those are all yeah, my thoughts right now. Yeah, I think that was basically all of my Oscar thoughts. Cause like that's yeah. Well, I'm just like a kind of we'll wait and see. Yeah. I'm excited for this year. Um, was there any... So what What did you love this week? What did I love this week? Let's see. This week, I loved... 
I love apparently I love being on TikTok, man. I was hitting that limit every day. And I, you know, I'm gonna admit something in the safety of this podcast. This I had to case? up the limit from one hour to two hours to three hours. No, I thought you were gonna stop. Five to oh, five no, and a half so no. hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've hit it every day. The limit is like It's like it's like I'm sleeping and swiping even, like what would say. Um so yeah, that's apparently I have been I've been loving that. I've also been chopping off my hair slowly. Like every day that I shower and stuff, I'll look at my hair and I'll be like, you know what? Let's let's cut some more. Yeah. Like, like, you know what, let's let's cut just a little more a little more the slippery slope <laughs> yeah it is it is i gotta i gotta take the scissors off of my like bathroom like calendar because it's <laughs> it's becoming a problem um i'm trying to think what else i've liked i like talking to my friends when i can um, it's also not freezing here, which is concerning. It's like 60 degrees out and it's February. And so for me, I'm like, how wonderful. What a grand old time. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, I live in Kentucky. <laughs> like, you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, the ice caps are definitely melting. Like, I don't even have to know to know the polar bears are slipping off those things. <laughs> like... <laughs> and then you're like, damn, we really are not going to be here so long. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it becomes concerning. That's, that's, what's been, that's what's been resonating with me. But I think I'm on a low point right now. Yeah. And hopefully in like two weeks, I'll be like, 60 degrees is beautiful. Slightly concerning still. Oh, but beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful nonetheless. Yeah but my vibe my vibe my vibe's been low so but i've been obsessed with just like rotting in my bed and my heated blanket and like sitting on my shower floor and just like showering yeah, yeah. what okay i know you have like something you oh not the stretch oh my gosh she's stretching she's stretching to bring this up i know you're itching to bring this up so so go ahead go ahead I'll try to keep it short because I think we've already been yapping for a bit, but I have, I'm sacrificing some of my, what I like this week time one, cause I don't really have anything new and two, cause I need to go off about something. So I am deep in the, okay. Deep is a strong word. I am in the Percy Jackson fandom. Feels a little cringe to say that because I am a 23 year old grown woman, but you know, I'm in it. I'm there. And I've been seeing a lot of people fan casting um, Philippa Sue, who is 33 and was in Hamilton with Lin-Manuel Miranda as Mae Castellan. Now, Lin-Manuel Miranda plays Hermes. Lin-Manuel Miranda is 44. Um, Hermes is Mae Castellan's, not husband, but like, you know, they have Luke together in the series. Luke is 19 at the beginning of the series, at least in the books. I think they might have aged him down to like 17 max. Um, but you know, so 
let's say they age him down to even 17. Like, truly, I've not seen a single other fan cast for Mae Castellan besides Philippa Sue. And it's popular because a lot of people are like, oh, like she worked with Lynn. It would be funny if they played like, not husband and wife, but like, you know, someone who had a son together again. And that's like why it's popular. I get that. I think on the surface level, at least, like that is harmless it's mostly just people having fun no one is really being like that serious about it but it is extremely popular so I made a little video because like I every time I see it I'm like she's 33 and the kid that plays Luke at least is 19 he might be 20 33 minus 19 is 14 and she doesn't look much older than her actual age so like at best, if you really want to push it and you want to say that Luca was 17 when he was born, maybe she could be like around 21, believably, when she had him. And like, I'm not trying to say that that's not a thing that happens. But when so many people are unanimously casting her, this very, very young person as a mom and not just like a mom but a mom who is canonically described as having white hair and looking older for her age because of the mental toll that just like being involved in this world has taken on her that's a problem and whether you are like like I think that people just because like I personally was very calm about it I barely even wrote anything in my caption it was just like a slideshow showing her age and Luke's age and that 33 minus 19 is 14. And I was expecting people to be like, oh my gosh, like I haven't seen anyone point this out. And I've been thinking that. And like, clearly people must be agreeing with me because it has like almost 3000 likes that video now. But the number of like the people who disagree with me are the loudest in the comments. And I have barely the only good argument that I have seen against me and that was civil was that this person told me that they always imagined her in flashbacks. I think that's completely valid. Um, everything else, terrible arguments. There's people being like, I played a mom when I was 16 in my high school production. First of all, do you understand how damaging that is to your brain as a teenager to be typecast as a mother? That's a problem. Second of all, it's the stage. It requires a completely different kind of suspension of disbelief than a TV show where you have high-definition close-ups of people's faces. This is not the same thing at all. Second of all, people are like, let me let me see this. They're arguing with. So no, because I remember when I first watched it, there was only like maybe 100 likes on it and there were a couple comments and I was like because I was like oh okay like I understood what you were saying so I was like yeah no like I get yeah. that. that that would be really weird like in my head I was like just because her and Lynn work together and you guys have like this thing about like two people working together forever like does not mean <laughs> they have to continue but, working together but it's like I understand like I n nowhere in my video was I like you're a terrible person if you fan cast this thing i was just stating that 
when this many people as a collective agree uncontested to this fan cast, whether you realize it or not, that says so much about how you perceive women and how they age. And you might not be like aware of it, but like that is the simple fact of the matter. And here's another comment. Okay, but which half Asian actress would you suggest to play his mom? You only know one half Asian actress. (laughs) I didn't even like, I haven't replied to a lot of them. One, because like, I truly like was not taking it that seriously until people started coming for me in the comments. And I'm like, not really sweating it because it's not going to happen. Like she's not, they're not going to cast her, let alone anyone around her age. The mom who play or the woman who plays Percy's mom is 43 and his mom was canonically young when she had him. So like, it's just not going to happen. So like, I'm not sweating it, but people think that I'm so mad. They're, They're like yelling in my comments. They're like, it's not that serious. I'm like, babes, let's look in the mirror for a minute down the volume for a minute anyways yeah and then um it's just like this one says philip hamilton was 19 in hamilton and she played his mother years ago it'll be fine plus it's just a fan cast again different suspension of disbelief and that was also insane philip hamilton was not only 19 in hamilton at one point he was nine and a 20 something Anthony Ramos. It was an entire visual bit. It's insane for a 20-something-year-old to be playing a nine-year-old. But it's a joke in the show, you know? Like, I'm just like, you cannot seriously be using that right now is, like, part of your argument. Then someone commented to me that the person who played Percy was 14 when they filmed. First of all, he was 12 when they started filming. He wasn't 14 until, like, the very end um and percy is 12 but like that aside let's say that they did choose a 14 year old to play a 12 year old like that is still when you grow so much in between years at those stages of life that's also damaging like and like someone else brought up a similar thing where they were like 20 something year olds play teenagers all the time yeah that's bad it's bad for you to be watching 20 something year olds who are being sold to you as teenagers and you're constantly again whether you realize it or not comparing yourself and asking yourself why don't I look like this person who has gone through puberty already like it's damaging and like that's a little more understandable because there's like child labor laws and also just like the content of different shows and movies just demands that like an older actor play a teenager but it's like there's still a price that's being paid like you are still presenting an adult to teens as someone their age and like that messes with your perception of age and I didn't reply to a lot of these because I'm like these must be children and I'm not gonna argue with like a child but like I I think it also kind of ties into this idea of like euphoria when people are like, why are we having these people who are adults pretend to be teenagers when easily you could make this in a college setting? 
And it's like, I don't deny that like, like, yes, like sometimes wanting to tell a story where there are teenagers struggling is completely valid, but euphoria, we don't need euphoria. And like, aside from the fact that like we have 20 something year olds playing teens and that sometimes that's necessary because of the content, like you also have to ask yourself, is the content necessary? Do we need this? Do we need euphoria? No, the answer is no. Euphoria sucks. I've only ever seen like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I haven't seen the first season, so I can't say anything about the first season. But the second season is a mess. It's poorly written. No one looks like a teenager. Like, I don't. They're all Ugh. breaking dress code. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would be shot on sight if I tried to walk into school with this outfit. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, like, the point you were trying to make with it was, like, like, all those people being, like, well, when I was 17, I was playing someone's mother. Like, and it I was, was like, cast as the grandma and in the Heights. Different girl, situation entirely, babes. Different situation, but also, like, it's a thing about being typecast, especially if you are a plus-size woman, of being considered, like, older. Like, always being typecast as older because there's this connection of, like, women, youth, and attractiveness and, like, sellability. And so it's, like, plus-size women get pushed into mother roles. Like, if you are not young and, quote, hot, you're a mom. Like... No, literally. Like, you're I just talk all the time about witch. hitting 40 and being, like, I'm, I'm a mom or a witch now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like... Uh, like before I looked like and like everyone in my comments is like are you stupid she's 33 that doesn't mean she has to play 33 and I'm like I know that it's not meant to be taken literally I am just trying to demonstrate to you the general age difference between this woman and this kid who you want to play her son and again like I'm not trying to attack you on an individual level like, if it were a small portion of people who was, like, supporting this fan cast, like, I even think that it's fun, you know, that she did do this thing with, like, Lynn and that she does look like she could, like, be related to this kid. But it's, like, when so many people agree, that says something about us as a collective and how we think. Like, I saw this comment and it was like, and Amy Poehler played Rachel McAdams' mom while only being seven years older than her. Amy was 32 and acting. She had a 16-year-old. Let's think about what's going on. Why would they do that to Amy Poehler? Why Amy would they Poehler do that was... with Rachel McAdams? Yeah. Like, let's really think this through. And it's definitely like beauty politics. And also Amy Poehler being like a comedian. And kind of like... Like, all of the that sheer, combined the sheer number of like people who were commenting things that was just further proving my point was crazy i don't yeah. even and like it's on my personal account so like i'm not about to make another video because like friends and acquaintances follow me it's all them to be like, why is Isabel popping off about Percy Jackson right now? But like, also, it's just like, I don't even want to like entertain these people. I mean, I don't want to entertain the people who are maybe like around my age and commenting these things. 
And I don't want to like go after a, you know, a, like a kid who just doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Like I made enough comments and replies in like just in the comment section in general and also replying to like people who are asking genuine questions and being civil and like genuinely wanting a calm discussion like I said enough in those that like if kids are curious why I feel this way they can find those but it's like just the number of people stringing it off it just like all goes back to media literacy I'm like you need to be no matter what it is constantly thinking just like about the implications of the media that you are consuming and the choices that are being made not not just like in the text but like in who's being cast in who is writing it like is this coming from like a male perspective or a female perspective like you need to be constantly thinking about these things Maybe like not in the moment that you're watching it, but like you need to at least be asking yourself these questions afterwards, like thinking about, yeah, I don't even, I'm just exhausted. I'm just glad that the comments have stopped because I don't want to take it down because I'm right. It's so lovely. But it was getting annoying. I was like, ugh. Yeah. I think you're valid. Bye. Love. Film.